if this is limited to Latinos, I think probably every culture has a variation of this where, you know, especially I think it's maybe a Chicago thing. How many of y'all, especially on Saturdays, I don't know if this is for a lot of y'all, on Saturdays, how many of you are woken up by music? Anybody ever been woken up by music in the house? Okay. That music, y'all know it doesn't mean get up and dance, right? Everybody know that doesn't mean get up and dance? What does that music mean? Get up and clean, okay? When you hear whatever it is, man, it could be salsa, it could be, I don't know, whatever Filipinos listen to, it can be whatever it is, right? When that music's blaring, some of you wake up and you just, oh, God, it's the music. And you got to get up and you got to clean, right? Uh, there, there are certain, like, habits that happen with certain cultures. Uh, I know for me, chanclas aren't fashionable. They're weapons. And so it, to this day, when I see a chancla, I get a little nervous in the back of my head. Uh, I know in, in Chicago, we come up with some bogus nicknames for people, especially if you're Hispanic. Uh, you ever notice that, like, in family reunions? Uh, my, my, my mom was talking to some family in Mexico. And she's like, it's your prima, negra. I'm like, dang, we just can't come up with better names? Her name is black? Yeah, because her sister's white. <laughs> like, negra, blanca, flaco, gordo. Like, we just look at you and we're like, you shall be named ugly. And then they just, everybody calls you. Literally, I knew some people, they're like, what is his name? Fail. Dang, y'all just call him Fail, like his whole life? Well, he's ugly. What do you want us to do? Like, that's just the easiest way to remember his name. Uh, but here's something that, that, for me, I don't think it's limited to my culture. I think this is across the board, okay? And I don't know if it's just my generation. I think y'all generation still has this, right? You ever had that situation where maybe you're in your bedroom, maybe you're in the bathroom, maybe you're in the kitchen, but you are definitely not in the room where your parents are at. And all of a sudden, they yell out your name, Right? Joey! And when they yell out your name, do you ever yell back? What? And then what do you hear? Nothing. Not a word. And in your heart, you're like, dang it. Right? So you get up. What? And then what do they say? What do you mean, what? You called me. You don't say what to me. Okay, I'm sorry. What the? <laughs> And it's always a dumb thing, right? It's like, where's the control? It's over there. Get it from me. It's like, that's what you want? Or the worst, right? You're in the kitchen. They call you over. What? Can you give me water? You couldn't say that when I was in the kitchen. You couldn't just be like, hey, Joey, give me water. I got to come over here, have a whole conversation with you, go back and get you water. And we get annoyed and we get frustrated. But in my house, in particular growing up, we were trained as a little kid. And I'm trying to teach my daughter this. She ain't, she ain't as good as I was. We were trained as a little kid. When your family calls you, particularly my mom or dad, when they call me, I had to go where they were, stand in front of them, and say this one word, mande. Anyone know what that word means, mande? In Spanish, it's just something a lot of Hispanics say. I don't know, anybody here say that? Anybody grow up saying mande? Okay. So I grew up saying mande. It took me years before I thought to myself what that word actually means. It literally means command. So I show up and I stand before my parents and I literally say, command. And then I wait for their command. And whatever command it is, I'm supposed to do it. And I remember thinking, yo, that's kind of messed up. Like you trained me, to, like I'm a butler, to just show up and say, command me. 
Like I'm some Roman centurion who just pops up and says, yes, my liege, who shall I kill for you today? Like it was a weird, weird concept, right? Just understanding what that word mande means. But I think about that now in our relationship with God. How would we respond if we learned to say mande or command me to God? When God calls you, if instead of saying, why God, why me God, or how come God, or how, why not them God, instead of questioning God or giving God attitude or being frustrated with God, what would happen if our attitude with God was, yes, Lord, command me. Yes, Lord, whatever you want. Instead of ignoring the call of God over your life, what would happen if you trained yourself to say, Monday, or command me? See, we talked about reading the word. We talked about prayer. <laughs> but I believe every believer, particularly the ones of us in this room, I believe every believer is called to be servant leaders in the kingdom of God. And for me, one of the frustrations with Excel over the years is I'll hear students at times say, I can't wait to graduate to become a leader. And honestly, I cringe whenever I would hear that. Because in my mind and my heart, I'm thinking, why are you waiting to graduate to be a leader? If God has called you now, and I do believe that everyone is called to lead and to follow. Paul says in one of his letters, say, the young man he's raising up, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, I'm following Christ, you're following me. We're all a part of that chain. So as you follow Christ, you should be leading somebody else. This is part of being a servant leader. And we do that in all different capacities and, and serving in the worship team and serving in, in any kind of activities we're doing and raising money for Speed the Light, helping out in the media, helping out in the sound, you know, setting things up. All of us are called to be servant leaders. And part of what I want to help you understand today is there's not an age limit to be a servant leader. You don't have to, to be a certain age. You don't even have to be saved a certain amount of time. All of us are called to be servant leaders, even at a young age. And so I want to go through a story in the Bible about a young boy who was called, uh, a boy by the name of Samuel. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading in 1 Samuel. Let me give you a little background on Samuel's life. Samuel is the son of a woman named Hannah. Hannah would show up to the temple every day, and she would pray to God for a child. The Bible tells us that Hannah was barren. She could not have children. And it was an embarrassment, and in particular in those days, not being able to have children was a really, really bad sign. And so it was a part of shame. It was a part of her own personal issues. She really struggled with this idea and, and this reality that she could not have children. So she would pray all the time and she would weep and she would cry. Sometimes they thought she was drunk because she was just losing it at the altar. And so she's having this moment with God. And then she makes this commitment to the Lord. And she says, if you give me a child, I will dedicate that child back to you. And God answers her prayer and she gives birth to a young baby named Samuel. And the Bible says that once Samuel was old enough to not have to lean on being breastfed, but is, is old enough to eat basically solid foods, Hannah goes back to the church and literally gives Samuel to the temple and says, now he's yours. He's a servant here in the church. You raise him up and he will come and he will serve you. So from a baby, like about less than a year old, Samuel grows up in the church and serves the prophet Elijah. So, or sorry, the prophet Eli. 
And so I want to pick up there because now it's been a few years. Samuel's a little bit older now. He's still a young man, but he's a little bit older. And I want you to focus in on 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 11. Listen to what the word of God says here. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Eli is the prophet. He's the one in charge of the temple. It says, now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called the third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do something shocking in Israel. I love this story because it's literally a story of a young boy being called by God to be a mouthpiece for him, to be a servant leader of God. And, and I think there's a few things that uh, you and I need to hone in on because a lot of times we disqualify ourselves, we remove ourselves from the possibility of being used by God, of being called by God, because we have a running list of reasons why God couldn't use us or wouldn't call us. Well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even read my Bible a lot, and, and I haven't been a Christian that long, or, or I'm not as holy as I probably should be, or, you know, I've never done this, and I've never done that, and this person's more qualified than me, and that person's done more than me. And so we come up with all these reasons, all these excuses. Now, I'm not eloquent in speech. I'm not a good student. I'm not the smartest in my group. We come up with all these reasons why God shouldn't call us, wouldn't call us, and yet the reality is God still calls you. And so there's a few things that I'd like to look at when it comes to Samuel that I think is important for us to understand when it comes to being called by God to do something for him. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can serve God your whole life and never know him. Look, at it, serve God your whole life and never know him. Some of you think you're playing Christian lottery right? Uh, I went to Sunday school. I've been baptized. Uh, I give to missions. I went to convention. I've been to breakaway. Man, I hit the Christian lottery. Like, I've done all the things necessary. I must have a relationship with God. You could check all the boxes and have no relationship with God, have no connection to him, because it's not based on some checklist you broke up. Samuel grew up in the church, literally slept in the pews, man. Like, this was his place. He grew up in it, and yet the Bible Bible says in Samuel chapter 3 that he did not know the Lord. He didn't know the Lord, which tells me you guys can be in Excel your whole lives, graduate, and never know God. You can hear every sermon I've ever preached. 
You can be in every small group. You can go to every camp, every retreat, every momentum. You can do everything that we offer here at church and still not know God. Why? It's not about checklists. It's not about, it's not like you're getting these like wilderness badges for every little thing you do here. No, listen, 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse Samuel. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. He had never had a personal relationship with God. It was a relationship through Eli, the prophet of the temple. It was a relationship through the other people. It wasn't a personal relationship. And I mentioned this a little bit last week, but it bears reiterating today. Unless you have a personal relationship with God, you will never be able to grow in that or hear from him. Listen, Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 through 23 says, On judgment day, many will say to me, not just one, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Think about that. Perform many miracles? I don't know how many miracles you guys have performed, but I think just one might give you some credit in heaven, right? You would think like, dude, I did a miracle. I don't know you. I cast out demons. I don't know you. You did all the churchy things. You were a part of all these experiences, but you never experienced me. You never had a relationship with me. And some of us, uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is we get lulled into this false sense of security. You somehow think in your mind, well, you know, I did all the things, right? Like I, I went through confirmation and I had the little ceremony and they, I got baptized when I was a kid. Like I did all the things. Surely I got a spot in heaven. And it's like, that doesn't matter. You don't have a relationship with him. It would be like my wife going through marriage counseling, picking out a wedding dress, renting a venue, but she never had a relationship with me. That's not my wife. That's just somebody who was getting ready to marry. It's not until we have a relationship that that's actually a marriage. Other than that, it's all a ceremony. And too many of us, we have a ceremony with God, but we don't have a relationship with God. And so it's hard to hear the call of God when you don't know what his voice sounds like. You don't have a relationship with him. But second thing I notice in this is that God's calling is answered. It's not earned. Samuel didn't earn the calling of God on his life. It's not like, hey, God called me to be a pastor because I earned it over years of sacrifice. It wasn't an earning. It was a calling. I just responded, yes. I just answered the call. I didn't make it up. I didn't develop it. I didn't earn it. Think about this. Samuel was called by God before he ever knew God. It's clear, we just read it in verse 7, that, that he didn't yet know the Lord, and yet three times God is calling Samuel, which again, that's the opposite side of the, spend, of the pendulum. A lot of us think, well, God can't call me because I don't know him, and yet here we see God called you long before you knew him, because it's not about you've earned this, right? It's not like, okay, now that I've reached a certain level of Christian excellence, I can be used by God. Samuel was called before he knew God. Listen, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. 
not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, listen up, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So before you said yes to Jesus, he already had a plan for your life that included a purpose and a calling. He already had works ready and established for you specifically to do. Nobody else was meant to do it. He's got works for Joseph. He's got works for Riley. He's got works for Ara. He's got works for, for Linda. He's got works for every person in this room before you were even born. There was something set up for you. There was something prepared for you that only you can do. And again, I think we, we magnify calling. There is like what I do, uh, vocational calling, where it's a full-time ministry type thing. But we're all called to serve God in one way or another. And don't diminish callings just because they're different. Some of you are called to be, you know, a foreman of a construction company. And you're like, well, how is that serving God? Well, you give people jobs, don't you? you? You show people the love of God and what it means to honor God and be a business person who respects the Lord. And who knows, maybe you, you build homes for people in need and, and maybe you provide jobs for people who can't get jobs. I mean, anything you do can be used for the glory of God if it's purpose and fulfilled by the Holy Spirit to do so. And so you were called and you had a purpose long before you ever said yes to Jesus. So what does that say to me? It says it's not about how good I am, it's about how good God is. Like whatever I lack, God supplements. Whatever is lacking in my life, God will fulfill. And I can tell you, when I said yes to Jesus and I first started out, I was nowhere near where I am today. I mean, literally, I remember one time talking with the guy who was discipling me and training me, and literally he goes to me, Joey, come on, man, are you stupid? And I was like, yes, because I keep doing stupid. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have said that to me, but I'm like, yeah. I mean, I was doing really stupid stuff. I'm like, I am. I'm stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I thank God that he never gave up on me because he understood we're not born finished products. And so if you're in this room and you think, well, I can never serve God because I, I just don't see myself being in that place or I don't see myself being holy enough to be used by God, God redeems things. God restores things. God will use the broken pieces, or as the Bible says, God will use the foolish things in this world to confound the wise. So the more messed up you think you are, the more you want to disqualify yourself because you think you're not good enough, that actually serves the opposite. Because when people look at a jacked up person like me being used by God, they look at me and go, yeah, that wasn't joy. That had to be God. Why? Because Joey was an idiot. And look what God's doing in his life now. And I know some of you think, well, I'm always getting in trouble and I'm always getting grounded and I'm always getting yelled at. Why would God use me? Because God's in the habit of using misfits. If you look at most of the men and women God uses in the Bible, they're all jacked up. They're all poor histories, murderers, prostitutes, uh, thieves. I mean, he uses some of the most messed up people, not because they're messed up, but in spite of that. Because it still brings more honor and glory to God when you see someone that shouldn't be used by God, and yet God can restore and redeem that. Are you hearing me this evening? You hear what I'm saying? Number three, not only does God call uh, answered, and I'm sorry, not, not only is God's calling answered, not earned, but you'll never distinguish God's voice until you've heard God's message. You'll never be able to distinguish God's voice until you heard God's message. You don't know what God sounds like until you start getting used to him speaking to you. 
And then you'll be able to pick it apart. Then you'll be able to recognize it right off the bat. There are times my wife and I will be watching a new anime, and we like dub because we're not Japanese and we don't speak Japanese. So if you're one of those elitists in the room, get out of my face with that. Anyway, we watch dub. And the funny thing is when you watch a dub anime, it's like the same studio that dubs like all of their animes. So you'll hear a voice and be like, I know that voice. And then we go and we stop searching. We're like, oh, he also does this voice and this voice and this voice. And part of the fun is I just, I pick up on those voices. Why? Because I've seen enough of it to recognize his voice, even though it's in a different character. And, and this is what happens when you spend time, like we talked about the last two weeks, in prayer, in your word. You start to communicate more and more with God. It becomes easier to recognize and understand God's voice. Well, I don't know if God's calling me or if that's just me or, or if that's Pastor Joey. Well, it's easier to distinguish that the more time you spend with God. If you don't know what God sounds like, maybe it's because you haven't spent enough time hearing him. Learn to recognize the voice of God by reading God's word, by spending time in prayer. God will never contradict his word. So if all of a sudden you think God is saying, yo, I love you, but you're really ugly. I don't think that's God. <laughs> Why? Because God tells me in his word that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that I'm his masterpiece. He's not going to look at his masterpiece and say he's ugly. Hey, I love you, but you're, you're a horrible human being. I wish you were never born. But no, that's not God. That's my own insecurity. That's the, the lies of the enemy. That's stuff that I've sunk into. But, but my word says that God had a purpose and a plan for me, that God had works for me established long before I was ever born. Why would he wish I was never born when he made a job for me before I even got here? See, when you start to recognize God's voice, you don't fall for the voices of other people anymore. You start to pick up. That's not what I need to hear. That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of God. Listen, Romans chapter 10, verse 16 through 17 says, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Let me say that again. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. You want to know why some of you, your faith is starting to waver and it's getting a little shaky and you're not sure if you believe in God or if you don't? I would guarantee you 99% of that is because you've walked away from his word. And you walk away from his voice, it's not long before you don't hear it anymore. And it's not because God stopped speaking, it's because you stopped listening. You started to tune it out. It's like sometimes I'll go on a road trip and I'll have a sports radio station on. But how many know, after you drive a certain distance, you can't hear that station anymore. You become out of that station's range. And now I got to tune into something differently. Well, some of us have tuned out and walked outside of God's range. And it's not like God can't reach you. It's just that you are unable to listen to him anymore. Because you've put enough distance in front of you. And honestly, you don't want to anymore. But when you are in tune, when you are reading the word of God, when you are spending time in prayer, when you are seeking his face, when you want to hear from God, You'll hear clearly. You'll understand. I was working with a, a man. I'm just discipling on the side. Just him and I would meet together for an hour and a half once a week. And uh, he was telling me, man, I'm just like, I feel like I want to come to church early and just start praying for like an hour before church. Do you think God's calling me to do that? I think, like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> He's like, why not? I just think you got excited about praying because for the last two weeks you've been praying every day. Yeah, that makes sense, right? I was like, yeah. 
doesn't mean you're supposed to start a brand new ministry. It just means it's working. You're hearing the voice of God more. Did God tell you to do that? No, I just think it'd be a good idea. Yeah, don't think about good ideas. Just worry about God. And this is what happens because so many of us, we walk aimlessly in life wondering, what does God want me to do in my life? What's my purpose? Who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do when I graduate? Should I go to college? Should I go to trade school? Am I supposed to be going to ministry? Am I supposed to become a dentist? What am I supposed to do? All of these questions are bouncing back and forth. You're trying to figure out what's going on. And God is saying, if I prepared works for you long in advance, you don't think I have a plan for your life? You don't think I can help direct you? You don't think I can open doors that no man can open and shut doors that no man can shut? You don't think I can provide the provisions in order to do the thing I called you to do? If I called you to be a lawyer, you don't think I can get the money provided for you to be able to go to law school? You don't think I can do that? If, if I called you to be a pastor, you don't think I can equip you and give you the words that you need to speak in order to minister the gospel? If I called you to be a missionary, you don't think I can provide funding so that you can go off into the field and do what I called you to do? If I called you to be a cook, you don't think I can give you the skills in your hands to prepare the meals that you can give before presidents and kings? You don't think I'm capable of doing that if I'm the one that prepared it for you? So all I'm saying is maybe you'd be less stressed out about the next phases of your life if you understood who was orchestrating those phases. Listen, Pastor Jason, maybe you can help me out. Here's what I've understood. You will hear God speak when you choose to listen. Verse one says, messages from the Lord were very rare. Remember we read in 1 Samuel chapter three that messages from the Lord were very rare. Well, part of that was because at that time, God's people had hardened their hearts and his leaders weren't being diligent. The the message that God was about to give Samuel was about Eli and it was about judgment. Because Eli had messed up. Eli wasn't taking care of what he needed to do. His sons were acting wild and doing horribly inappropriate things within God's house. And judgment was coming on them. And that's why God says to Samuel, I'm about to do something shocking. And you're going to be the one to tell them. It's not like God was about to give Samuel this great prize. He said, no, you're going to carry this great burden. You're about to tell these people that raised you that my judgment is coming. Twice. Samuel heard God, but didn't understand until he started to listen, right? He heard God speak, so he ran to Samuel. Samuel's like, wasn't me, he goes back. He hears God speak, so he runs to Samuel. Samuel says, that wasn't me, so he goes back. But eventually, Samuel starts to pick up on the pattern, and he says, the next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is what? Listening. Not hearing, listening. See, there's a difference between hearing and listening. The problem is some of you walk away only hearing me, but not listening to the voice of God speaking to you tonight. You you get what I mean? One of the prayers I've often prayed over the years, and you maybe remember me saying this, is, Lord, shrink my voice so that your voice will become greater. And part of why I pray that is because I never want you walking away from a Thursday night going, man, Pastor Joey really spoke to me tonight because that was never my goal. My goal is that I communicate the word in such a way that you recognize the voice of God speaking to your spirit. That's my heart behind any message. 
If you forget my jokes, if you forget what I say, but you remember the impact that God is making in that moment, the direction that God is leading you in, mission accomplished. I feel great about it. Here's the problem. Too many of you are hearing me and not listening to God. Think about this. Samuel kept going to Eli, not God. God's calling them, but he's going to Eli. Some of you, you keep going to your pastor to hear from God. You keep going to your leaders to hear from God. You keep going to your parents to hear from God. You keep going to your friends to hear from God. When God is saying, I want to speak to you. I don't want to speak through an interpreter. I can speak your language. <laughs> I don't want to go through a side person to talk to your spirit. I don't want to have to talk to your grandma or through your grandpa. I don't want to have to talk to your mom or your dad. I don't want to have to talk to Pastor Joe or your Pastor Jason or Pastor Carlos. I died on the cross and rose again so that the curtain was torn and there's no longer a barrier between me talking to you. So I want to speak to you. Stop going to them. You keep coming to us. I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, I ain't God. Why are you asking me? I don't know where God wants me to go. Neither do I. I'm not you and I'm not God. I don't know where I fit in this equation. Let me just be real honest with you. Your leaders, your pastors, the people that God has placed in your life, your parents, to be spiritual guidance for you, we give you confirmation. We don't give you revelation. Revelation, what's supposed to happen, how it's supposed to happen, the calling, the purpose, that comes from the Holy Spirit. Confirmation is us going, yeah, that sounds like God. Yeah, I confirmed that that's the Lord. We want to confirm. We don't want to have to reveal. Now, are there times where maybe God might reveal himself through an individual? Sure. But it's still God speaking. You keep going to all these people, but God wants to speak directly to you. The question is, are you willing to listen? Or are you just going to hear him? You know what the difference between listening and hearing is? Hearing, you don't do anything afterward. You just heard it. Listening brings action to it, right? We've all had this situation where our mom and dad are yelling at us and getting mad at us because we didn't do something they asked us to do. And what do they say? You didn't listen to me. And what do we say? I heard you. And like, that's where the separation is. You heard me, but you didn't listen. Because if you would have listened, you would have put the chicken out like I asked you to put the chicken out. Now I'm sitting here making spaghetti because we can't have chicken because you forgot to put it out of the freezer. Some of us, we heard God, but we walked away never doing what God asked us to do because we refused to listen. Listening to God requires obedience to God. God doesn't want you to hear him. He wants you to listen to him. He wants you to do what he says. Listen, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. That's a, a position that he places heart in. Could you imagine if in your time of prayer, even before you started, the first things out of your mouth is, Lord, speak. Because your servant is listening. I'm ready to do whatever it is you want me to do. That can be something on a big scale over the next 40 years. Or that can be something like, hey, I want you to forgive your sister. 
hey, I want you to say I'm sorry to your mom and dad. But that's uncomfortable, God. But that's what I'm speaking to you tonight. Hey, I want you to forgive that person that hurt you. But God, you know what they did. I do. And you know what I did to give you the freedom to forgive them. So I'm asking you to do that. Anybody can hear God. But few are willing to listen to the voice of God. I remember just thinking about this the other day. Uh, next, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, it's my birthday, and I'm going to turn 37 years old. I came to Excel when I was 15. So think about that. 15, 37. That's almost 20 years. And I remember when I first came, I was about end of my freshman year, beginning of my sophomore year. I remember sitting in this room during one of the services. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, one day you will do what they're doing. And I remember I just kind of buried that thought in my heart because I was so terrified of being a pastor. I could do anything else. I, had no, I was actually trying to go into the Marines and to be a police officer because the reality was I didn't fear taking a man's life, but I was terrified of holding a man's soul. I just felt that pressure was too much. So I didn't say anything to anybody, but I did keep it in my heart. And over the years, the Lord kept watering that seed and, and he kept opening opportunities. And was I scared? All the time. But also, every opportunity that God spoke, I listened and I said yes. And every yes built on itself. And so after I graduated, I said yes eventually to becoming a leader. And then I became a leader for five years and I loved it. And I started small groups as a leader with just two small groups, a guys group and a girl group. And we didn't even know how to do small groups. We just went into a little attic room that we had in the other building, me and the guys, and we just prayed for an hour. I, was like, I don't know what to do, but praying sounds like a good idea. Let's just pray, guys. And that eventually built up to multiple small groups. And, and eventually when the pastor uh, moved on to his next assignment, he said, hey, Pastor Joey's been doing it. He's been killing it. You guys should hire Pastor Joey. No resume, no experience, no credentials, no college, no reason outside of I believe God called me. And they confirmed that calling on my life. And now it's been almost going on 13 years that I've had the privilege of being a pastor of this ministry. Why? Because even though I was afraid, nervous, and sometimes freaked out, I was always willing to listen to whatever it is that God was asking me to do. And if you can learn to do that, even with the uncomfortable things, to just listen to God and be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he's speaking to you, Maybe you'll start to see the things you've been hoping for happen in your life. Maybe you'll start to recognize the changes you've been looking for, the attitude adjustments you've been needing, the peace of mind and heart you've been hoping for. See, God's not just calling people to vocational ministries or to jobs. Sometimes God's calling you to peace by forgiving somebody that you don't want to forgive. Sometimes God's calling you to holiness by repenting of a sin that you keep doing that you need God's help to get free from. Sometimes God's calling you to heal from an internal wound, from a physical wound, from an emotional scar. 
And yes, sometimes, like me, God's calling you to vocational ministry to serve the kingdom of God on a permanent basis and get paid for it maybe and maybe not. The point is, God's calling is specific and unique to each of you. And it's not just to me. And it's not just to special people. It's to his people. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we get ready to wrap this up tonight. And I tried to be as general as possible so that you didn't have an excuse to say, well, he's talking about those. He's not talking about me. No, even if I didn't mention your specific thing, I do believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you tonight. And I hope that at some point while I was speaking, you heard my voice, but you listened to the voice of God. If there was this little tugging on your heart, this little uncomfortableness, if I can say it that way, this moment where you felt like I was specifically talking to you, or even worse, I don't know if you guys ever felt like Pastor Joey sat down and wrote the whole message about you. We don't do that, by the way. <laughs> Maybe once I did, but not a lot. <laughs> it's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Actually, you know what? No. Sorry. Sometimes I'm going to make adjustments. I'm going to ask you to join me up here for a few minutes. And, and if you're like brand new and you're like, dude, I'm not doing it. Hey, listen, you're, I'm not your dad. I'm not going to make you do anything. But I want to ask you to trust me for just a second. We're not going to do anything weird. I'm not going to spit in your eyes. Or... Oh, did y'all see? That? I'll talk about that later. <laughs> I believe God speaks when you listen. I believe that. And it may not be in the first moment. But this is why we encourage you to press in and to lean into the voice of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to ask you now that you're up here, would you close your eyes for a few minutes? In a moment, I'm going to pray. And at the end of my prayer, I want you to say this to the Lord. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. But just say this phrase, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And then we're going to spend just two, three minutes in horrible, horrible, awkward silence. <laughs> but I want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And maybe in that time, Pastor Jason could just keep playing quietly in the back and just create that atmosphere. But please just be respectful, even if you don't want to hear it or whatever. If you're not into all this, that's fine. But be respectful of the other people in the room who are trying to hear something tonight. Heavenly Father. I tried as best as possible to communicate the word that you gave me for them. And Lord, I don't know where they're at tonight in their spiritual walk. I don't know if some people here just needed a reminder of that calling or somebody here is hearing it for the very first time. And Lord, I thank you that we are called to a number of different things. A call to surrender, a call to repent, a call to healing, a call to full-time ministry, even a call to salvation, God. So, Lord, I pray that as we begin to press in, as we prepare our hearts and, and we open ourselves up, the same way Samuel kept going to Eli and eventually Eli, being his pastor, said the next time you hear that voice, you respond with, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Lord, we're standing here tonight ready to hear, and not just hear, but listen to your voice. So Holy Spirit, I ask 
would you speak a specific word to these individuals tonight, God? Something that they needed to know, something that they are desperate to hear, something that confirms that it's your voice and not anybody else's. And God, I pray that when they hear that voice, that they would have enough courage to listen to it. And Lord, for some of them, listening just means accepting. That if you were to speak to them and say, I love you, that they would accept that love tonight, God, because maybe they've been rejecting and pushing away and feeling unloved, Lord. So Father, whatever it is, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, now right where you're at, just open yourself up. Say that to the Lord. And we're just going to spend a couple of minutes here. And I want you in the presence of God just to wait.